Hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of the Jake This Object to Answer podcast. I'm Jake. It's episode 116. Count them. Count them. Start at the beginning. I can tell you this. Someone, someone said to me the other day, asked me. They didn't say it to me. They typed it to me in an email, and they said, uh, hey, you mentioned that uh, someone was on an earlier episode. It was Dr. Karen Jaffe, who was just on a couple of weeks ago, talking about Parkinson's disease, and she was also on episode 22. He said, I, I can't see that episode. And I think if you go into the podcast app on your iPhone thing, sometimes it doesn't go back to all the old episodes, so you got to go on your Internet web and then download it to your computer and then sync it to your phone, or, or maybe you have to go directly to the Libsyn link. I'm not sure. But those episodes, you can listen to them. If you just got here, you can go back and listen to all of the old episodes. If that if that's how you want to spend the next, it's a chunk of your life. And believe me, I don't recommend all of them. But there are a lot of good ones. Anyway, thank you for listening. It's episode 116. This week, my guest is Wendy Liebman. She's not a doctor, but she's very very funny. And uh, before I talk to her, let me tell you where I can talk to you. If you are in the Seattle area, you want to come out to Kirkland, Washington, Laughs Comedy Spot, October 3rd and 4th, I'm going to be at Laughs Comedy Spot in Kirkland, Washington. That is this week, everybody. October 17th, I'm going to be in Macomb or Macomb, Illinois. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm going to be at the Denver Comedy Works, November 6th through 8th. I'm going to be at the Comedy Works in Albany, New York. No relation. November 13th to 15th. December 4, 5, and 6th, I'm going to be in Chicago and Rosemont at Zaney's. And then December 18th to 20th, I'm going to be in Boston at Laugh Boston. And I'm really excited about that. I'm excited to go back to Boston. I haven't been there for a few years, so I need you to need me. I want you to want me. And if you come out to those shows, it's going to be hug time. I'm not, I'm not, let's not even play around. Hey, so if you want to find out more about all of this stuff, check out jakethis.com. I'm just getting ready to launch a new version of my website. <sighs> soon, soon, my pretties. That's going to happen. I've got a helper. Shout out to my friend Kimball. And... What else is happening? Right. Back to this week. Back to now. Back to you and I. Back to this moment inside of your ear holes on the bus or the treadmill. Don't forget to crank it up. Please crank it up now if you are on a treadmill. Please. Please do. Or crank it down. I guess, you know what? I don't, I'm not committed to either one of those. Just up or down. Just make some change. Just do something slightly different because I asked you to. That's all. That's all I want. Either more or less. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter to me. But just something. Just do, put your hands in the air. Oh, now that's a music thing. You don't have to put your hands in the air. But if you just did it, thank you. That was great. Um, Hey, this week my guest is Wendy Liebman. She came to my house. She's a comedian. Guess where she's from? Boston. Ha! It all comes back around. What goes around comes around, they say. And hopefully, when it comes around, it's in a good way. Do you hear that? That's my phone. (sighs) But why can't I answer it? Because I'm busy with you right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to answer that. I'm going to answer it later on, but not right now. Not right now. This is our time. We're together. Not together so much that I would turn off my phone. That was an accident. I would turn off my phone. That's how important you are. to Put your hands up again. Okay. Hey, Wendy Liebman is here. I know her from the Boston comedy scene from years ago. We didn't even kind of get into exactly how 
we know each other, but I'm sure we did some gigs a long time ago before either one of us was successful, or we must have been fairly successful. I think we did it at the point where we had we had quit our day jobs. Anyway, I've known her for a long time. We're both out here in California. We have the same manager that gets discussed, and uh, she has been she's she's been very nice to me on Twitter and said very nice things about me, and I really appreciate all those compliments and. Uh, she was like, I'll come on your podcast. And I felt like, boy, I really need to get it up and running. And now I've realized it's not getting any better than this. This is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. Well, maybe it's going to get better. It's always getting incrementally better. But I finally decided to, I'm going to have Wendy on because she wants to come on. And she's very funny. And she's really, she's a big, she's a big name. She's a big get. She's just been verified on Twitter, everyone. She's super excited about that. We're going to talk about that. So Wendy is here. I had just recently seen her, as you may have, on America's Got Talent. If you watch that show, which I, I, I don't. I'll confess to you, I don't. I've got. I'm a busy. I've got talent. Okay, so I've got. I'm busy out. I'm busy out there, doing my talent for people who come out to see me as I hope you will someday. And so I don't usually watch America's Got Talent, but I happen to know that she was on America's Got Talent because I followed her verified Twitter account, and uh, I heard about it there. And so I watched it when I was at home visiting my parents, and it was great to see her again. She's super funny. You should go see her live in the uh, in a comedy club or a theater or, a, or a, wherever they do. Wherever fine comedy is sold near you, you should go see that because after you listen to this, you'll want to more than you do right now. Maybe you already want to listen to Wendy. Anyway, she came over to my house. She came to this to the potatorium, the inside of my uh, brain, which is that's how she referred to it. It's I always thought that that was a clever metaphor, but I think when you walk in here, you do realize that the only possible explanation is I've turned my brain inside out and put a chair in it. And it's a wheelchair. I don't know. I think that's been covered also. But Wendy came by. We had some coffee. We had a nice talk. And this is it right now. So I'm not I'm not going to drag out this introduction any more than I already have. And believe me, I can tell now that you've probably turned it off. You've probably stopped cranking it up and you're just staring at it or you're staring at whatever machine you're listening to this on going, will you get to the point? And I'll say right now, I'm doing that. I'm getting to the point. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's Wendy Liebman. You may crank it up now. Well, it's just to uh, talk. It's it's us having a conversation. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's. Oh, do you mean like is it biographical or something? No. No, like this one. I did this one, Paul Gilmartin. And it was can, all, can you hold it up? Paul Gilmartin. It was all about mental health. Yeah, I still haven't done Paul's podcast. I I met him last year at Podfest, or I may have met him before then. But he wants to. You got to really go deep and talk about your things. That well, I didn't realize what it was. It was like one of the first ones I did. And I, it was just sitting in his living room, and it was just the two of us. I love that you just say yes to things, and you don't really <laughs> go, go. I that's the theme of my life. Yeah, it's a good way um, to be. I, I feel like I spent a lot of time trying to decide if I should do things that oh, I, it was really? really wasted, and I could have spent it doing things. You know. Do you usually end up doing it, or is it everything a pro? Are you one of these people who goes into a restaurant and like? 
really have to decide what you eat or you just kind of know? Oh, I really have to decide. <sighs> Although I'm also one of those people that if I go back to a place that I've been a few times, I know the three things that I like. I know, but don't you want to try something new? Well, sometimes, Ever? except yeah. if it's like places in the neighborhood, in this neighborhood where I've been so many times and I've tried a lot of things and I've figured out what the best things are. Most of those restaurants, though, where there's just like one good thing, my wife has said she. Won't. Are you a vegan? No. Vegetarian? No. Do you eat red meat? Do you eat red vegetables? <laughs> so many questions, Wendy. Yeah. It's not even my podcast. <laughs> Let me just tell you, my podcast is you come on and you ask me a lot of questions. Okay. I always wanted to know about Jake Johansson. I, well, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. I eat red meat. I eat red vegetables. <laughs> We've been on a my because of my wife. We've been on a real kale kind of kick. A kale kick. Yeah. I had kale for lunch yesterday. I'm still chewing it. Yeah, kale is it's a lot of work. She's got this salad that she makes where she <coughs> kind of soaks it in or marinates whatever they call. Right. But it's like lemon juice and this Bragg's amino acid stuff that's supposed to be healthy for you. But it's very. I saw somebody drinking that out of the bottle yesterday. Yeah, I don't think you should do that. It's very salty and. It's got a lot of flavor. Anyway, the kale gets broken down by the lemon juice and the brags, and then there's other delicious things in it. But Like probably cranberries or sunflower seeds. Yeah, there's something none of sweet those. and there's something <laughs> spicy. You have to – kale doesn't – it's not really just on its own a good thing. I had a friend who used to just take romaine lettuce and eat no, broccoli, and just eat it because he knew it was so good for you, but he didn't like the taste of it, and he didn't want to uh -huh. cook it. or He would just eat it. When I was a kid, we used to have bro my mom would make broccoli and then just melt, you know, those American cheese slices that come individually wrapped? Yeah. I mean, they're so, like, they're, they're extruded cheese product, right? I know that that cheese, it's not like they had a big block of cheese <laughs> and then they cut little American slices. Did they import that or export that? I think that, they, yeah, to other countries. You no, know, this is American, American cheese. American cheese. And the other people in the other countries are just going, yeah, we know. I mean, it's like as plastic as the wrapper. That right, cheese could, is you, as plastic as the wrapper. The only difference between the cheese and the wrapper is it's easier to bite through the cheese. <laughs> the wrapper is very hard to bite through. Have you tried to eat it with a wrapper on? No, I've never done that. Yeah, you can't. Oh, I haven't tried either. I, there's a story that my dad likes to tell about this barbecue that uh, he and my mom had with people from his work where they, they were having steaks and they were having these, uh, they're cooking them on the barbecue. And, you know, before they came out with the really firm paper plates, there were these flimsy, really thin paper plates. And so you would buy these wicker things that would okay. go underneath the paper plate to give it some firmness to hold on to. And so my dad's eating his steak off of this wicker thing with a paper plate, but the juice from the steak has saturated the paper. <laughs> and he's also had a few cocktails so he just eats like half of a steak and half of a paper plate before he realizes what he's what I thought he's you were going to say he ate the wicker. No, he didn't eat the wicker. <laughs> like Yule Gibbons. My dad is the kind of guy where if on a bet, you, when he was younger, you said, I bet you can't eat that wicker thing. He, is he a funny right, guy? He's pretty funny, yeah. He's is that funny. where you get it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think, well, sort of. Don't you think we all get our sense of humor from our parents? Well, both in my a way. parents are really like word funny and um like clever both my parents are clever well that's you your word funny i got and i clever. got my cleverness from them but i wouldn't call either of my parents funny 
I don't know. My sister's very funny. But she uh-huh. always says, I am the joke. She says, I am the, she says, I am the joke, She's, not me. When she says I, she means herself. You, right. you say I, yeah, you she say her. you're. The, she says, you're the comedian, I'm the joke. But she's a therapist. But she also goes to Burning Man. I think there's a lot of therapists at Burning Man, <laughs> don't you think? Have you ever been to Burning Man? No, I, I used to have this gig in San Francisco that was every, what is that, Labor Day weekend. And so I could never go to Burning Man because I always had a gig in San Francisco. So I knew about Burning Man before everyone knew about Burning Man because it started with people from San Francisco going to do this. Right. Thing. It just started with like a few people trying to get rid of their husband or so, or like get rid of the stuff from their husband. It wasn't murder oriented. No, no, no. <laughs> they weren't burning him. They were burning the stuff oh, the, related to the marriage. The effigy of the not dead husband, but right. the cheater bad guy husband. Yes. Really? So Burning Man was started by ladies? You know what? I could be totally making it up. I wish... Well, that is... When you said, what is my podcast about, (laughs) you really... You've gone right to it because a lot of what happens is uh, we wind up talking about things that we realize halfway and we don't really know anything about. It's the must in the room. No, well, sure. The spores are the must. A huge percentage of our bodies are other organisms, you know? Did you... Have you been reading about this? Well... I read that like every seven days our cells regenerate or something. I'm like, honey, if you want strange, um, you know, because my husband's like wants to spice things up. I'm like, well, every seven days I'm different. Oh, strange. You meant strange? I meant strange. I didn't expect you to use strange. I only learned the word strange from an old dentist. I only went to him a few times. But Mm -hmm. when he was describing what strange was to me, and I couldn't talk back because I had stuff in my mouth, I was like, I I can't go to this dentist anymore. Yeah, that's a bad relationship with your dentist. When he's explaining... Oh, my God. I can't even imagine having that conversation I know. with my dentist. Usually dentists are old and their wives work in the office. This well, was a young guy. My dentist is a, a man. I think he's a little younger than me, but he's Korean, so it's hard to tell. And then because he's different, he's from a different culture. And so it's, he's, you don't, who knows what Koreans of many different ages look like. I only know what the ones who are the age that they, anyway, that's. I knew what you were saying. I want to get back to Burning Man. You but could I look wanna, at his teeth and tell how old he is. Well, or you cut them in half and count the rings. Or... <laughs> That's how they do dogs, Burning right? Man. That's how they know how old dogs No, dog. Okay. So, Jeff, my husband and I were in a big car accident in December, and we were hit by a drunk driver, and the woman in the car next to us died, and it was, like, oh life-changing. And I know I'm, like, being glib about it, but it, like, really changed my life and put things in perspective. And where was I going? Oh, so my husband, most men don't go to therapy or want therapy or... I don't think that's really true. Okay, my because husband... you started off talking about Paul Gilmartin, and I know he's had he's oh, been in right. therapy. I know Mark Maron, the king of all podcasts, has been to, and I've been. Okay, I my husband didn't want to go to therapy, but after the car accident, he said I might actually go to therapy because he watched somebody die. That's mm-hmm. pretty traumatic. So, and I'd never heard my husband say that in fifteen years. So I was like, oh, something's bad right now like he's really affected he's by dealing this. with something yeah yeah so we were walking by a pet adoption and this dog sat on his foot and um so we adopted the dog i mean it wasn't like that quick but we had took this dog home they told uh-huh. us he was four he's yeah he was four so then we took him to the vet and the vet told us based on his teeth that he was seven 
Yeah. So I said in L.A. they even lie about how old their dogs are. Like they were trying to <laughs> pass right. him off as the younger. Dog's got a chance of getting a job in show business if you think he's four. right. So to tie everything up in that story quickly, so he didn't need therapy anymore because he got the therapy dog. The JJ. dog meant that he didn't get a therapist. Yeah, the dog literally calms everybody down. Like it just is a lap dog, and it will. What just, kind of a dog is it? It's a Bichon poodle. So it looks like a little old Jewish man. <laughs> With a little Bichon thrown in. And his name is JJ, but I found on his papers that they gave to us when we adopted him um, that lied and said he was four. It said his original name was Daffy. (laughs) So every (laughs) once in a while, if I'm trying to get his attention, I'm like, Daffy. (laughs) And he'll turn around because he hasn't heard that name in a while. He also answers to JJ, but uh Daffy is like, I kind of know that name. That's from my old life. Before the witness protection. (laughs) Right. One of those those old movies with Robert Mitchum. Your dog has had a sorted past. (laughs) Right. He had a whole makeover. He used to be a Labradoodle. Mm -hmm. Now he's a Bichamp. But anyway, so, yes, that's how old. Well, it's interesting. What was the Burning Man? What were we talking about? Yeah, we were talking about Burning Man and how it got started by people trying to get rid of the bad mojo from their terrible ex-husbands. Right. And then we got into some other things. And then we sort of wound up before circling back at your husband who had some bad mojo, which he got rid of by getting a dog, which is kind of that old school manhood right there. I know. It's like, instead of talking about my problems or my childhood, I think I'm just going to get a dog (laughs) or a beer. A lot of people use whiskey. I know, but he doesn't drink. Yeah. Well, that's probably good. I know most of the people who are using whiskey to deal with their problems are having mixed results at best. Whiskey is hardcore. Well, yeah. I mean, there's harder. There's the what's heroin. harder? Well, heroin and crack oh. and that type of thing. Well, so my I have two stepsons, mm-hmm. and one is 19, and he is a sophomore in college, and he was like, "Where's he going to college?" He goes to RPI Rensselaer Polytech Institute in Troy, New York, which is it's like MIT. It's yes, like Smarty it's a Smart, big deal school. Like that kid. Yeah, like you are having some great career things happening. With you, right we, now. Hope. we hope. We uh, hope. Oh, talk oh, about, about him. No, I'm saying you are having great career things happening, but he is an excellent backup plan for the rest of your life. Well, we just told him we want a beach house, mm-hmm. and we want some housekeepers named Gloria. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've already. I wouldn't be so specific about the name the of the name. housekeeper. Well, we're just going to call them Gloria. You know what? Yeah. Well, that's fine. <laughs> if you pay them enough, they'll allow that. <laughs> So Ryan um, is my youngest stepson, and he went to RPI last year. And in order to get into RPI, you have to be very studious, whatever. So we have to be smart. Yeah, it's yeah. like engineering polytechnic institute, That's right? Like, Computer sciences. Yeah, yeah. But he um, discovered bourbon last year. That, mm-hmm. and he joined a fraternity, which I actually really. Um, happy about that because he always had a girlfriend, but he never had a lot of guy friends because they were all studying. Mm-hmm. So now he has like he said, Wendy, I have brothers, I have friends for life. Well, like, that's how that's what they pitch you with the fraternity. But it, it is it's a fraternity. Everyone at Rensselaer Polytechnic. There's no one majoring in 
physical education there. I mean, right? There, it's <laughs> well, all... during orientation, they had, okay, everybody who's majoring in English come over here. And there were like three people. Right. So, yeah, they it's mostly high tech. Yeah, they're all inventing a new coding for razor blades or biological. Kind of, yeah, the thing. You just the take singularity. This one pill and you're, yeah. That's what he's into, the singularity. Dude, I am into the singularity. Are you? I would love, maybe he would come on the podcast and explain <laughs> the singularity to me a little bit. Because I know a little bit about it because I read this book by, oh God, Ray Kurzweil um, years ago. He started it. I mean, it's his thing. Well, I think he invented the term, the singularity, right. but the idea, well, why don't you tell me what the singularity is since well, you're my living under- with a guy? My understanding, well, he's in the fraternity house. Right. But, you, you were living with a child yeah. who became a man who told you about the singularity. The singularity, I think, is is that eventually computers will be smarter than us and have be able to take over. Right. But also... <laughs> I mean, just to make you feel slightly better, and this is how I explain it to my wife. When we're old and our bodies can't live anymore, we're going to download our consciousness, all of our experiences and the things that we know, into a folder on our computer. And then we're going to upload that folder onto the Internet, and it's going to get mixed in with all of everybody else. And so we're all going to become everything on the Internet, and we'll know everything, and we'll be connected to everyone but we won't be able to put on lotion and go swimming. <laughs> we'll only we'll only be able to exist. Think. But they already have that. It's called Facebook. <laughs> yes, so, sort of. You're right. So I, because our li- aren't our lives crazy? Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about your life, but I, okay, uh, uh, and how great your life is going now. But first, let's start off and talk about. Or did you want to talk about the social media thing, that whole part of our lives? Or what did you mean when you no, said, was, aren't our lives crazy? I was just going to say that our lives are so crazy because throughout, like, I became a stand-up comedian, but I got to meet um, Steve Wozniak and interview him about a music festival that he ran. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm. So my train of thought was he was explaining singularity to me as well. Oh, really? And then I... The was? The was. So I did a radio show with a woman named Terry Nunn, who is the lead singer for the band Berlin. She mm-hmm. sang Take My Breath Away and Riding on the Metro, which wasn't a very East Coast... Could you sing either, just a little bit <laughs> of either one? Take my breath away. You know that one. I do, but you went so <laughs> quiet. Riding like... on the Metro. Yeah, that's okay, more like... I felt right. like you could have been a little more... You were on it. You knew what you were I'm doing, I'm Ethel Merman in another life. Oh, I actually wanted to go on America's Got Talent as a singer. Really? Well, initially I was going to, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other story. How do you get on America? So you were just on America's Got Talent, and you were great. And I didn't Thank really you. find out. I didn't know. I don't watch. I'm not a person who watches that show. I don't think it's. Well, I'm not a person who watches a lot of TV. But I found out you were on. I was on vacation at my parents' house. My mom and dad and I and my daughter watched you do your set where you talked about the age thing where you keep getting right. older in the story. It was very very funny. I'm Thank assuming you. people can Google. They can relate. And watch oh, on Google. YouTube if they didn't see it. But it was it was Did your parents laugh? That's all I care about. Yes, they did. Cuz they're Although my dad asked me a couple times, oh. is so that's your friend. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, that's my friend." <laughs> my friend isn't the Chinese acrobats. My friend isn't, you know, the boy band. It was like a Fellini movie backstage. There were acrobats and a pig, and there was a guy 
dragging a car in his teeth like he was 93 years old. I couldn't drag. I have fake teeth. Really? I didn't get to see that. Guy. That was earlier on oh, in early, the season. Some of the early yeah. shows. How many shows did you were you on? So I did the initial audition mm-hmm. during which Heidi Klum said, "You're very nice, but you're not very funny." <laughs> and um it was that, it was traumatic. Things that you have when Heidi Klum says. That. You know what? I was on antibiotics at the time, so I actually agreed with her. It was I wasn't on point. Mm-hmm. You know how you have like bad shows. Well, this was ninety seconds of a bad show, and that's how long of a set you do. Yeah, I think I did a little longer, but they want ninety seconds, and it's. You think, oh, it's so easy, but trying to figure out what ninety seconds was. That was well, it's that very was difficult the puzzle for me. for me. Well, you know, you're, our job when we are doing our job, job, not some little tiny version of our job, not the pinhole camera version right. of our job that people peek in and see a little bit. But when we're actually doing what we do, we're going on stage for 45 minutes to an hour. And so 90 seconds is how long you say hello and <laughs> right. get a round of applause for <laughs> a and sip. talk about we're at, you know, hey, isn't it great that we're at the bowling alley right now or wherever the show is? So, yeah, 90 seconds to boil it down. So I did that audition that was in L.A. and squeaked by. And was that with, but that was in front of Howard and Howard. Howard, Howie. And And it was at Heidi and who else? Mel B. from the Spice Girls and Howie Mandel. Yeah. Now, I knew Howie Mandel. I wrote on a variety show he had in the 90s. That was Mm -hmm. my only writing gig out here in L.A. And so I had to disclose that when I auditioned because, well, that's how I... I, I saw Howie Mandel in Montreal at the comedy festival up there. Yes. And I said, I want to go on America's Got Talent, but I want to sing. And he was like, are you a singer? And I'm like, not really. But he <laughs> said, that would be so... I used to sing in high school, but then I smoked mm-hmm. a lot of cigarettes. And um, so he said, well, contact me. Here's my number. And so I was going to call him and I never did. And then a year went by and I saw Taylor Williamson, who is a comedian who came in second on America's Got Talent last year. And I was like, I could do that. Tom Cotter did it also. So you thought, uh, now I'm going to... I'm going to do comedy. It was silly when I thought I was going to be a singer. Right. Although I did think if I make it to the next round, I'm going to sing like Bette Midler would sing at a radio music hall, like do something more entertaining. So really you would just go, comedy is what's gotten me this far. Right. But now I'm going to sing. Right. So the gods were watching out for me. No, but I... the same manager. And so I just wondered like... Does she know that? Yeah, did she? I don't know if she knew that, but I mean, I started in musical theater. I started as Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady Mm -hmm. and... Dorothy and Wizard of Oz. Granted, this is high school. Sure. Are we recording? Yeah, just I like to look from time to time. You know, every once in a while the battery gets low, or yeah, I did one that would time suck. forget to push record, and so I like to look. That would but, suck. Yeah. Um, so during the process, um, oh, so that was one I auditioned in L.A. and then they had me come out to New York. And they're filming this, though, so that they, so this they're, is going to be on the show. If you get on the show, then they're, they're going to then retrospect. Right. But they never actually aired hardly any of my okay. footage, which was good because then I could use the jokes again. But oh, I never oh, right. I never did because I never got to that point. What would Heidi Klum say? I know. I've already heard those jokes and I told right. you they're not funny. <laughs> that was, I just did my best on that Heidi Klum. It's but very I, like, good. Yeah. 
very nice, but you're not very funny. Um, I had a crush on Heidi Klum for a while, but I have to say, watching her on that show, talking to you, I didn't... It, I'm over it. She's beautiful, though. So is Mel B, though. Just stun, stunning when they're sitting right there. And, oh, so I did the show because I wanted to... I had three reasons. I wanted to get verified on Twitter. <laughs> Isn't that so would, shallow? Are really, can I swear on this? Yeah, you Isn't can. Isn't that fucking shallow? That you wanted to get fucking verified? I, I did. I wanted to get verified because I wanted to quit therapy. I figured if other people knew who I was and told me that I was who I was, then I could quit therapy. It really? was kind of a joke. What about the dog that you've got? I know. We have the dog. Couldn't you just bring the therapist the dog? Just go, look, this is our dog. So. We both agree she, he's very cute. I mean, the, the therapist, therapist, yes. The therapist is cute or the dog is cute? The dog. The therapist is not cute. Is it a... Do you it's mind a woman. It's a woman? Yeah. It's a woman who... Oh, my God. This is a crazy therapy story. I want to hear it, but don't forget where we were. I know. So Burning Man. No, no, not okay, Burning Man. but the whole... in my teeth. Okay. So I went to Camp Triwoody. <laughs> Which sounds like a It made sounds up. like a joke. It, it could be a South Park joke. I have the sweatshirt to prove it. Joke. It could be I Camp Triwoody. Or Triwoody Camp, I think. Mm-hmm. It was in Hyde Park, New York, near the Roosevelts. Okay. What are the Roosevelts? The Roosevelt, like Frank, the Roosevelt Mansion, Franklin Roosevelt. Okay. That's mm-hmm. where they lived. Mm-hmm. I really do have a calendar. I can't see Um it. I went to Triwoody Camp and I went there three summers and it wasn't like, you know how sometimes you have the summer of 42 or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. Seminole or whatever. It wasn't like that for me, but I did, no big deal. I did have three summers there and sure. almost died in a canoe trip. And How long know. would you be at this camp? Uh, eight weeks. Eight weeks? So your parents drop you off. See you later. Eight weeks. You'll be home yeah. in eight weeks. Holy. I, maybe Jews do that more than... Well, well, our daughter, <coughs> how old were you when you went to the camp? 13, 14, 15. Yeah, our daughter just went to summer camp this summer, but then she was nine, turned turn 10 after camp, and she was there for two weeks. Okay, that that's was, good. That was a decent amount Yeah, of time. that's good. This was four to eight weeks. Definitely, like I want, I went four and I wanted to go four more, so they sent the next year they sent me for eight, because it was a really good camp. Right. You were having fun. It was your yeah. choice. It wasn't your parents. No, they didn't yeah. send me. I like yeah. my best friend at the time went there, and okay, so um, my wife went to boarding school. That's what because oh, the people, not during the summer. No school during oh. the year. Her parents when she was yeah. like that age, she was gone. For That's most hard. Of the boarding school. Yeah, it was. It's the weirdest thing as a parent to imagine doing that to your kid. But right, but my, at the time, those parents thought that they that was the thing that the high class parents did. To right, kind of give their kids the gift of a better education. No, I know my father's brother went to boarding school, and mm. you know the whole it's like a pedigree thing or yeah, something. Yeah. So You're I'm ready? telling my therapist about Triwoody Camp, mm-hmm. and I've been going to her on and off. 
for 20 years. And I mean, on and off, there were years that I didn't go to sure. her. So but you went back to the same one. You didn't, I did when you, when it was like, Oh, I need to get back to the therapist. You, you didn't say, Oh, I'm going to start a new relationship. Well, it's such a long story, but she had to take time off because she was pregnant with twins. And so I w- found another therapist and I went to him for years, but then I ended up going back to her cause I really did like her. Mm-hmm. So you went to the man therapist and then you went back to the, yes, therapist. I've only gone to lady therapists. Lady therapists are better. Well, uh, yeah, I, For, sometimes I, I wonder, like, am I doing that because I feel like I can oh, um, have one over on her, her? Oh. or something? <laughs> right. You know? I well, mean, I did that, that with not the man. That I'm trying to do that, but it's very easy to charm them. Well, you can't. You well, look. This is the thing. I said to the therapist a couple of weeks ago, like, I feel it, this feels weird. Like I'm paying you to be my friend, and she got all insulted. Like, well, no, I'm not your friend. I'm here. I'm. This is. I'm helping you with your job and then i then it was kind of like look don't make me i'm a professional person who talks to people too and you like me i know you like me because i make you laugh and you enjoy this so actually i'm i feel you like should pay me this is yeah i feel <laughs> right. like look usually i get for for a person who comes to a show 20 bucks for a show i mean that's a small portion of what i'm paying you and, and you get so, it every week <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so you're talking, so I'm talking about it's, doc- a, it's a slow week. And so you're going back over some of your past. Is that, how does camp try Woody come up? Um, how did it come up this time? Hmm. <laughs> no, this time, this time. Oh, well, eyes, the therapist. Well, actually, I Woody again, we're going back. I have camp. so many camp try Woody stories, but the one that I was probably telling her was there was a kid in the play with me named Roger Hirsch. And I was Wondering what happened to Roger. We called him Face. And so I found him on the internets. Uh-huh. And um, I wouldn't have contacted him if I didn't think he was gay because I wouldn't he have. Was in, wait, he was in a play? With me at camp. Try with Oh, he. at camp. Yes. Okay, at camp. And I was just wondering what happened to him. And Face. Face. So I found him on the internet and I realized he's gay. I wouldn't have contacted him if he wasn't because I wouldn't have wanted to make my husband think I was like trolling for old boyfriends or something because he wasn't my boyfriend he was just a friend sure am i telling you too much no you're not i mean are you heard <laughs> am the i making sense egg, right you've heard that i mean you know what that is <laughs> i know <laughs> so i find roger hirsch okay and he writes me back we were in a play together okay yes though no, you were mentioned that. no i know i'm just reiterating for the story mm-hmm. okay so I contacted him and I said, I don't know if you remember me, blah, blah, blah. So he writes back, well, I don't remember you, which is a common theme in my life, which is why well, I'm in therapy for 20 years. Do you think so? I yeah. feel like that's sort of why we got into show business, though, when a, when a kind of oh, meta clearer of like, now than ever I need, in the family. I need for you yes. to know who I am. Right. Right. I want to be wanted. I need not to listen to me. Yeah. I don't remember you, Roger Hirsch says, but you are my favorite comedian. He said, every time you're on TV, my boyfriend yells, she's on TV. He goes, I always felt connected to you, but I didn't know why. I'm like, because we were in a fucking play together, right? Uh So this is probably the one story. There's another one that I'll tell also. But um, so Dr. My therapist, 
I said to her, I know four things about her over 20 years. I know four, probably more than four. Tell you right, which is yeah, great for me. But that. that's great for me because I always charm them to the point where they are my friends now. And so I break the boundaries and then that's when the shit hits the fan. This is good that I only know four things about her. So I say, did you ever go to summer camp? Because I know she's from like Long Island and I'm from Long Island. So mm-hmm. that was like the weirdest one. That, uh-huh. Okay. And I know she's a little older than I am. If your therapist is Roger's mom, I'm going <laughs> to Who's crap. Roger's mom? What was his name? Face? What was Face. His name? Oh, Roger. <laughs> no, no. That would be too weird. But it was Roger, wasn't it? Yes, it was yeah, Roger. Okay. Wow, wow. Good. I didn't even remember. Okay. So I go, did you ever go to camp? And she looks down and she looks up and she goes, I went to Camp Tri Woody. So she did go. She went to Camp Tri Woody. And was she? She was not there. She's like four years older than I am. So she was not there at the same point. She said she had left before I got there. Like we figured it out. But just the look on your face when I said that. Well, you also did. I like you put your head down and then you looked up at me through over the top of your glasses. I know. I mean, I feel like I went to I'm surprised that you don't have more acting jobs because that was very dramatic. I can't act. I I could do porn. Do you think? Um, No, no. I just because I'm such a bad actress. Yeah, but, but I think that it's more. There's more than bad acting to porn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you think? Yeah. Um, the other Cam Trivedi story. Okay. So years ago, somebody said, you need to study this philosopher named Wittgenstein. And I don't know anything about Wittgenstein. So I could buy a book or whatever. I'm not a great reader. the guy who painted those paintings that look like comic books? That's Wittgenstein. (laughs) Yes. That's what I always think. That's so funny. There's another philosopher named Wittgenstein. Now, Wittgenstein is the artist. Mm -hmm. Wittgenstein is the philosopher. But it's with the W, but it's Wittgenstein. They don't know how to spell. This guy, he was involved in the Third Reich, it sounds like to me. He was... Can, anyway, he's okay. What's his philosophy? Do you know? I still don't know, but it's about this deceit. Is really, now we're back to the kernel of this podcast. <laughs> it's about deceit, like self uh, denial. I think I don't know. I don't even know why somebody told me. So I didn't want to read a book, so I go online and I Google Wittgenstein professors, California. So mm-hmm. I find a list of of professors in California who I could write to and say, can you tell me what Wittgenstein, who he is? Like, that's how lazy I am. I sh- are they professors who are also named Wittgenstein? No, no, they're, they teach Wittgenstein. Okay, got They you. teach it. So I see this one guy, UC San Diego, I think, and his name is Steve Yalowitz. And I go, Steve Yalowitz, that's the guy who was in the boat with me when I capsized at Camp Triwoody when I almost drowned. And I wonder if it's the same guy. I was in his boat because I wanted to be in his boat. Like I Mm -hmm. asked the counselor to put me in his boat because I liked Steve Yalowitz. So I write to him and I go, can you tell me that Wittgenstein... (laughs) Do you start off with, uh, you actually, we know each other, maybe? No, I said... Uh, you just so you're cold calling him about Wittgenstein. Right. You're going to let him figure out that. I wrote you to know him. I wrote to him, and yeah, then yeah. I cold said, "P.S. Did you go to Camp Triwoody mm-hmm. in the '70s? And were you ever in a canoe trip? And did you almost die in a canoe trip?" And he writes back, um, 
Something, something, something about Wittgenstein. Yes, that was me, but I don't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> but are you his favorite comedian? No. He, Is he gay? No. <laughs> no, he said, I was in my own world then. That's why I'm a philosopher. That's what he said. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, that was just another story about Camp Trywoody. Camp Trywoody story. We still don't know what Wittgenstein stands for. We'll is. have to study it. That's going to be a thing for people who are listening to this to figure out on their own. Yes. Um, but he's he wasn't gay, but you felt okay about contacting him even though you have a husband. This was before I had a husband. This oh. was like 20 years ago that I contacted him. Oh, okay. So it's a long relationship you've got with this uh, therapist. My therapist. Yeah, I was about 20 years old. That was early on when she suggested Wittgenstein. You should you should ask her now. <laughs> no, like she the... didn't she didn't tell me it was a friend who told me I should study oh, okay. Wittgenstein. Yeah, there are no homework assignments in therapy for me. Oh, my therapist is now. We're all talking about meditation. A lot of people are talking about meditation, so I'm trying to get into meditation. I re- that's that is really what is on my bucket list right now. Uh huh. Well, your new best friend Howard. I know he's a big meditator. Right. So that was my second goal after getting. Oh, so in the middle of doing America's Got Talent, I was verified on Twitter, and I asked the social media people at America's Got Talent, "Do you have anything to do with this?" And they were like, "No." You don't. You but you, but that's the thing about getting verified. You don't ask to get verified. They just decide to verify. I have a fan uh-huh. named Gefilte Cat, and every day or every other day, he would write to the to the Twitter people and say, can you verify Wendy Lehman? She's done this and this. And so I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I woke up and I was verified and it was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> I want to get verified now. I I'd never really. You're not verified. That's crazy. Let's get well, Phil to cat on. I... How many times have you been on Letterman? 44. Four. And But I signed Holy up for Twitter shit. very early on and I didn't really understand. I don't understand how to do any social media. So I'm just sort of doing my thing. And I, for a while I was trying to do the thing that I thought was the successful thing that you're supposed to do. And then that was terrible. What I was that? Well, I thought I thought you were supposed to be like Rob Delaney is I, you, you got to respect that guy. He is so funny. And if you're not following him on Twitter, you should because he's so fu- I think I quit following him because he made me feel bad about myself that I couldn't do what he was doing. But he, no, but now I followed him back. I think anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure. You can, please get back to me. If you're on the Internet now, could you check and see follow. if I'm following him? And if I'm not, then could you tweet me to follow Rob? Because I've been meaning to get back doing that. But uh, for a while, I thought, well, I need to try and write. 10 jokes a day. And then I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And then do you feel like you're giving them away? No, because it's like telling a joke. It's like whispering a joke into your, into your coffee mug. (laughs) You know, I mean, how, because not even everyone who's following you reads it, you know, people who are every, you, you got, how many followers do you have on Twitter now? Tens of thousands. It's tens of thousands. It's like, 30,000. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't, it grew because of America's Got Talent. Sure, you were on a giant TV show. Mm. So, But then that's the other thing. And then you look and see that somebody's got 1.3 million, million followers, but they never tweet. They're just famous, you know. So, Like Sarah Silverman has like a million, millions of she followers. Does tweet, she, does she does tweet. She does tweet. Yeah. She does little videos. But it's like she's not famous because she's tweeting. She's... <gasps> Right. She's, or she's not doesn't have followers on Twitter because of tweeting. She has followers on Twitter because of the other things that she does. Right. But, you know, I'm, what I'm trying to do is to find a way to connect to the people who already like me, so that they will know where I am and that they can come to to the show. And then also to right. kind of update, the, to say a little funny thing every once in a while if I can think of it. And so that's what I'm doing now on Twitter. And I just can't, I can't figure out 
how to I, I'm tired of trying to maximize everything. I'm just trying to I'm trying to do everything, but I'm not trying to maximize it. I can't. I'm on Twitter. I'm telling people where I am. I'm making little jokes. I would love to get verified. But when I signed up for Twitter at the beginning, I'd heard about it on NPR. And it, I thought that it was a way that you were supposed to um, connect with your friends and have these chance encounters with the people that you know that like like what Foursquare has now become right. that's what twitter was like oh yeah i'm getting a coffee down at the corner by my house and so i don't know if those tweets are still available from when i joined when it was really early on like uh, I, i've joined twitter b- before rob delaney but no early, i'm sure but the early ones were just like i'm getting a steak with my friend evan in new york and i kept waiting for some fan to show up somewhere and say, hi, I heard you were having a drink and it never happened. <laughs> and then I kind of, and then I, and then I didn't do it for a while because that, that was when you had to text message a certain number and then it would appear on oh, the internet. I, this is before me. And then people who were following you, there wasn't smartphones. So people who were following you would get a text message with what you tweeted if they had specified that that's what they wanted to do. How did you heard this on NPR? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was weird. See, I was doing another thing called Utters, which was a thing where you would call on your phone to a certain number, and then it knew who you were, and it would post on the internet. You'd leave a voicemail kind of thing, I and then saw it would yours. post it on right. the internet, so anybody who followed you then could listen to the little voicemail thing that you did. It was I, like little right. audio versions of Vines, kind of, but it, there were not smartphones, so you had to either listen to it on the website or have i don't know how you would my phone is not that smart though oh, my phone was last in its class <laughs> what kind of a phone do you have it's an iphone but it's mm-hmm. the lemon no it's fine i'm just making jokes my wife just told me about this new thing that the guy who twitter invent the guy who invented twitter invented this other thing Ello? N- no what is Ello? do you know what Ello is no i heard about this yesterday but I want to hear about your wife's thing. It's a it's a more of a long form blog. It's a thing for people to blog, and I I don't have I can't be blog. If I'm going to blog, I'm going to put it on my website. And is she a blogger? Email it to my ma- email list. Wife yes, a my blogger? wife has um, got a blog. She's on the Huffington Post, so oh. you can read her entries on the Huffington Post. Belinda Belinda Weymouth, W A Y M O U T H. And what does she blog about? She blogs about the environment. She's a big, and she wants to save the planet, and she wants people to fucking stop fracking. <laughs> I saw I that movie with uh, da- with Damon. Damon oh, Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon Wayans. Damon. Matt Damon Wayans with Matt Damon. Mark Ruffalo is a big stop. We got to stop fracking, kind of a guy. But I don't think he's. He may have made a movie about it. I don't know. No, the Matt Damon movie. So when I started Twitter, I named my Twitter handle. At Jake This, because my website was jakethis.com, because right. Jake Johansson was too hard for people to spell. I thought when I got a website, it could have been jakejohansson.com, but then I thought people aren't going to know how to spell. It was before Google had sort of worked out that thing of like, you can just type in whatever you want, and Google goes, this is what you mean. Right. You know? <laughs> So, <laughs> so it's at Jake this at Jake this. And so maybe I'm not maybe I don't have as many followers as I would have because people don't know that at Jake this is me. Even but if they put in Jake Johansson, do they get ah, that search thing Jake on Twitter this? is such a ridiculous. I, I can't. I was trying to find Tom Arnold because I was sitting next to him on a plane last night 
And I said hi to him. We had a nice conversation. So I was going to follow him on Twitter and message him. But Twitter kept saying, I don't know know who that is. And so finally I had to look him up on his website and then Google back to the thing. But I still haven't. So I got to – that's my my to-do list. After this, I got to tweet Tom Arnold. Where were you flying from? Dallas, Texas. I'm an American airline, so I was flying back from anyway. So um, I feel like we may have derailed the podcast slightly. (laughs) I'm not sure if the last <laughs> chunk was interesting. Oh, really? Do we want to? No, it's okay. Okay. Um, I did not do MySpace. And then I got, I thought I was too old for MySpace. And then I jumped right on the Facebook and Twitter bandwagon. And, oh, this is what I was going to say. You could change your name now on Twitter. But I wouldn't I have to, I'd have to recreate another uh thing and then tell people to follow that or something there might be a way that you can there might be yeah if i could but i'm not even very if i was verified then i could say hey could mm-hmm. do it. but i my question is do i even want to do that because do i want to change my website to jakejohansen.com then do i want to change my what do your fans Instagram say Instagram to jakejohansen.com do i because all of them are jake this now because of the original website thing which i did so that i could go on morning radio and say check out my website jakethis.com and people would be able to spell it Okay, so I, I think you have a thing it. going on I with think the I Jake have a thing this. Going on. I yeah, just, you don't need to change it. Why do I need to get verified though? Why do I need someone else to tell me that I'm good? It's not. Um, or that I'm me. Why do I need someone else to tell well, me that I'm me? I needed that because then I then I could quit therapy. <laughs> but you um, haven't quit therapy. No, I'm addicted. So although I only go once a month now. Once a month. Yeah. Oh. My therapist won't let me cut down to once a month. Really? She likes me to come once a week. I used to go four times a day to this guy, to that four guy. Four times a day? Yeah, I mean, four times a week. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. Why do you even day? leave? I slept on his couch. Four times Actually, a week. Actually, I had a really nice couch in case he came must over. Have been terrible. You must have been going through something terrible to be going four times a I week. I think I liked him. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was one of those. What was he? What were you paying him? Um... It was a while ago, so I don't remember, but it, but it was be, like a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's it was expensive. Four times a week. But this was during the comedy heyday when I made more money. You were really doing well. But this is why I did America's Got Talent because my experience has been, because I'm not on a TV show, um, because I haven't done 44 Letterman's, I make a third of what I used to make on the road. And so... I'm experiencing some of that, some right. of that fluctuations or, you know, some places where I've still got a big draw, I make more than other places where I have less, but you wanted to revitalize your attendance at your live shows. Yes. I wanted to, um, have more fans. I yeah, wanted them to doesn't? come to see me, not just to come to see I a comedy show. I want to get more people <laughs> to come to see me at a comedy show. I just verify know that. when there are more people in the audience, they are more anonymous and they feel freer to laugh so when there are eight people there in peoria it's very pressure it, it's i a love lot of that peoria clip for that too. reason I because it's such, a journey, it's such like a time machine back to the they don't have a computer and there's those tiny the tiny audiences there of people who you just have to deal with them and you're across the street from the dirt track and there's the strip something club. about it like i feel so I feel like it's wrong for me to enjoy it, but I do enjoy it. Now, where do you stay when you go there? 
I can't remember. Whatever hotel he puts me okay, in. Okay, because the last time I was there, like, I literally couldn't breathe. I'm not persnickety. I'm not a diva. I could not breathe in the hotel. There was so much, like, disinfectant or something. And so after America's Got Talent, he asked me to come back. But I had just been there. But I felt like I owed it to oh, him. So you just went back to Peoria again. I didn't go. I, had, I was there right uh-huh. before. I did America's Got Talent, and he was like, do you want to come back? Because, you know, this way there would yeah, be yeah, more. Yeah, get a crowd. Right. Get a crowd. I, Dan is a very nice guy. I Peoria, know. if you're listening and you want to go to see comedy in Peoria, go to the jukebox. It is, it's not even called the joke box. It's the, juke the jukebox. Box. I know, but, like, it should be the joke box. <laughs> um, but they don't have a computer for their to do their reservations it's all done by hand it's very old school it's funny too when you say to him like hey, you could do this and he goes well we don't really need to do that right you know, it's like those guys <laughs> i had a publicist one time at the beginning of before i was one of the early pioneers of twitter telling people where i was eating steak um i had a publicist you do and, eat red meat yes i do and red vegetables beets delicious and I was telling my publicist, you know, you should get, I could just email you um, photos and resumes and you could do that. You know, I was trying to explain to her, like, I'm paying a lot of money for FedEx, you to FedEx my publicity stuff around the country. And she, the publicist at the publicity firm, said, well, that's not really so good for our business. You know, emailing is not a thing that really applies to... To, to what year was publicity, this? Yeah, publicizing, publicizing. That was at the beginning. She was, and, she yeah. was, she was the last per- publicist to say that to a person. Right. Yeah. Because then now it's and then it was like the way. Yeah, we're emailing everything now. But that was oh, publicist. What a racket! Do you have a publicist? I don't because there was a point where I realized I was paying him more than I was making, so it was just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I I don't have that anymore. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you do the American's Got Talent. Right. You do it a few times, and then you're on the show. Um, You mean on the show show? Like, yeah, did you yeah. do the live? Yeah, let's go back to the timeline of America's okay. Got Talent. So I, I'm not going to edit this so that people can make sense of it. Okay, yeah. You're going to have to listen to the whole nonsense. thing. It's nonsense. But I think it's nice, to, it's nice for them, if they've listened this long through that whole conversation about getting verified. Right. Now they get to find out, okay, America's Got Talent. So America's Got Talent. So I went to New York, mm-hmm. and there were maybe a hundred people there. Every kind of talent: singers and dancers and acrobats and um, comedians and yeah, just everything, weird acts. Everything. A guy who just... ran into a block of ice, <laughs> broke it. Like well, that guy with the, little, the guy, the guy with no shirt who stands on his hands and his dog runs up his butt and then. You know, like what the I hell? mean, I can't even balance on my feet. The guy's with his finger in a bottle and he's standing on it, like uh-huh. upside down. And his name is Christian Stoinev. And yeah, like all these people became my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Real friends or just Facebook friends? You know, like we were at camp together. Basically, mm-hmm. we spent a week in this warehouse and just went. It was almost like they were not torture, but they were just going. What are you doing in the warehouse? In the warehouse, we are waiting to do B-roll, which is the behind the scenes. Uh-huh. They'll take us to our hotel and pretend that we're waking up. Um, 
the B-roll is talking about our careers or, you know, what our and hopes and dreams are. And are these other people in are. leotards and balancing on their finger? Yeah, the they're all practicing. And, they're all, and, and what are you doing? Just and, or reading a magazine? Um, we're just talking to each other or uh-huh. eating craft services. Subway. Sure. They had a lot of Subway and a lot of Snapple. And um, so then to make it through that round the comedians had to perform for four judges, just the four judges. Like there was no audience. It was just the four of them. Really? Yeah. Which I liked actually, because they, it's that you're used to it. You practice. I did Peoria. Peoria. <laughs> That's what I said to them. I mean, cause Howard was like, this is probably unusual. And I was like, well, I was just in Peoria. <laughs> yeah, so. Wake up Howard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I thought that went pretty well. Like, I could hear the crew laughing, which Mm -hmm. is always nice. nice. Yeah, Yeah. when you can hear the crew laughing. And then, again, Heidi said she didn't think it was funny. But they didn't really talk to us. We just... Heidi seems sort of humorless. Yeah, but by the the last two times I performed, she was on... She stood up one time. Like, she Mm -hmm. gave me a standing ovation. Like, what? And then the last time I was on, she was explaining how I do my comedy. Like, you do the this, and then you do the that. And then... Like so she's she was, like a she's she like a funny little explaining it. That's how I like to think of supermodels. Is like they're they're funny little animals who are really good <laughs> at being liked and learning things, you know. And so she, at first, she was just relying on her own opinions of. I mean, she what she really meant is I haven't seen a a you before, and so it's not like things that I know. So it's probably not good because I've seen all of the good things that look at me and I've lived my life. And then she sees everybody else around her enjoying you and Howard and how maybe that was what, nice yeah. things. And then she realizes, Oh, I, this is good. I do. I do. I need to figure out what is good about this. And then she figured it out. And then she, she repeated she, it back to you. And you, you do the thing and the thing, mm-hmm. but actually during the initial audition, Um, there was a comedian named Jody Miller and she performed earlier in the day and I wasn't really supposed to be in the theater then, but they were doing B roll with me backstage. Uh So I got to see her perform and she fucking blew the roof off in 90 seconds and had all four judges on their feet and me on my feet. I mean, she was great and I'd never heard of her before. Have you heard of her before? Say her name again. Jody Miller. So she works out of the comedy store Uh and the bit that she did was she like turned the, the don't don't do her bit so it's don't spoiler don't alert do it or, okay but, All but right. I mean you could talk say what it was yeah, about. no I won't don't, do it yeah well I couldn't do the bit okay it was a whole bit about dogs and cats uh huh and how dogs are like women like usually it's, they say the dogs are like the men right I but see then she yeah did the dogs she reversed like it the women mm-hmm. and it was hilarious yeah. oh it was hilarious so. During my audition, Heidi even said, we saw a woman and she had us all crying. We were so laughing so much. And <laughs> <laughs> But this goes back to my theory about Heidi. <laughs> She's just reporting back to you like, she is gorgeous, one time though. I saw, <laughs> you are a woman, and I saw a woman do a thing. You talk and she talked and people laugh and you laugh and people laugh at you. So I'm telling you about a thing that I saw that's similar to what you do. And now you talk to me about what happened. Exactly. Well, I was just blown away. You thought she was so great. No, I was blown away. Oh, yeah, she was great. But I was blown away that Howard and that Howard liked me because that was my second goal. Was, yeah, well, he's so great. I've have you fan. been on his show? No, I've never <gasps> been on his show. What? 
Yes. I, I feel like um, I, I, I'm not famous enough, maybe. And also, I don't know that he knows who I am. And and for a while, I think that uh, the, the, his show was sort of edgy and people would come on. And I don't have any story about how I got molested as a kid or one time I got drunk and pooped in, you know, Hugh Hefner's pool in the grotto or something. So I, I think... <laughs> You know what I mean? I can just make a funny. I can make funny conversation, but I don't right. think that I I had the the things that he that I think make his show so great. Scandal. Yeah. Well, or, or, or you know, when uh, who's the guy who was on his show? Artie Lang. I mean, Artie Lang is just a comedy story machine. He's got so many stories that are dark and funny and self-deprecating, and he was just so great. And I thought, well, look, I'm I'm not that. But I I was a huge fan of Howard's show when it was on the radio, radio. Right. And then when he went to satellite radio, I didn't I didn't bridge I didn't bridge over to that. But I got respect for that guy. I think he's just so terrific and great. And so I I told I'm with you. To, so to I wanted meet to him. meet him. Yeah. I still haven't met him. Really? I really haven't met him. How do you not get to... You mean you don't get to shake hands with the judges and say hello? Or is that like, oh, that would be a... Right. That would like break the rules or something. So I think if I had made it to another round where the judges have no say at all in whether or not you Uh get through, like there are rules or something. So, um, yeah, I didn't make it to that round. But he obviously loves you. I but mean, is it show so business love so you? Many, no, he said oh, so many nice okay. things about you on the show. Well, I mean, that just made my life. Right. I'm so happy about that. And are you going to get to do his radio show or you can't find out anything? You can't pursue that until after this season is well, over? Well, the show's over. The it's show's over, over. done. The America's Got Talent's yes. over? Matt Franco won. He's an amazing magician and a sweetheart. He's like 30-something years old. He's from Cranston, Rhode Island. Uh, mm-hmm. Cranston? Rhode Island, for sure. And um, just my mother's favorite act on the show. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is it's got to be tough as a comedian, especially... I mean, your your act is very dense with jokes, and I, I, that's great. But it's got to be tough, though, just as a – you're a person talking, and this is a person who's amazed – he's doing right. magic. Or then there's ten Chinese guys who all get into the same barrel, and then they come out wearing <laughs> each other's clothes or something. That must have been season four. Yeah, so, well, yeah. I, so that's an act. <laughs> I'm working on – I there's a thing – there's a website where you just email things to China, and then they do they do them. No. Uh, a quick change act? Have yeah, you ever seen like, one of those? The quick change where, like, they go behind something and then they're wearing something mm-hmm. totally different? That blows my mind. This is like that, except it's all the presidents of the United States come out <laughs> and then they jump into a barrel. And when they get back out, they're all the respective first ladies. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. that would be very creative. It's very talented. Um, so... I did the show. Oh, so there was some question, like, was I too famous? I don't feel like famous for a second. Mm -hmm. I have some followers and I have some fans, but I got a lot of flack for doing the show. Like, people were like, oh, is Alanis Morissette going to audition for The Voice now? And I was like, are you comparing me to Alanis Morissette? (laughs) Okay. You know what the word for the people who said those things is? Haters. That's what they call them. Yeah. Haters. So. You can't listen to the haters. And also, they should not hate the player. They should hate <laughs> the what was the thing that the dentist was trying to explain to you again? 
The dentist? Oh, about strange? <laughs> I feel like that's the theme of this podcast. <laughs> okay. So okay. I can't believe that people would say that. Well, I mean, I can't. No, I, I also got, is Madonna going to audition for America's Got Talent? I'm like, are you comparing me to Madonna? Well, I, I feel like this is the tricky thing, though, because I feel like, yeah, I've, I'm successful and I'm well-known to people who know comedy. Me, comedy, right? But I'm not well-known to people on the streets. You know, people who are fans of mine are always saying, well, do you, you bet you get recognized all the time. It's like, no, I, maybe if I'm on the airplane and I say hello to Tom Arnold and it's <laughs> obvious that he knows me, then the stewardesses then have a conversation about who do you think that other guy is? <laughs> Right. Right. And I don't have an ego about it anymore. No, I don't. My feelings. Look, we're probably better off than those super famous people because they're getting hassled all the time. You know, I feel bad for. Well, I've hung. My husband is best friends with Nikki Dolenz from the Monkees. And when you hang out with (laughs) Mickey. talking about famous people. No, when you're hanging out with Mickey, it's like nonstop. Relentless. And I bet, because he still still has that face. He still looks kind of close to the guy. And my husband is, he wrote on a sitcom called Boy Meets World. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Okay, so. I've never seen an episode because I was out of the demographic. Right. You fell between the cracks. Mm -hmm. Like I did with Woodstock. Um, like I'm too old. I'm too young for the first Woodstock too old. Anyway, it's not a good analogy. So my husband is working with, with Will Friedle on something. He was the older brother on Boy Meets World, Will Uh Friedle. And again, when you're out with Will Friedle, it's like people are, I, I don't know what happens to people. They go crazy. Well, it is funny that people can't. They, they're, they're sort of weird about, like, I can't believe, what are you doing here? Like, right. I'm, I in the same lunch. spot. I have to go some, we all live on Earth. <laughs> so every day I have to go somewhere on Earth to eat lunch. Who's the most famous pe- person you ever saw? Oh. Well, you know, I've done some of those comic relief things, so I've seen <gasps> some famous people there. But I did this benefit for... It was a it was a charity basketball thing that Billy Crystal organized. We had the same manager years ago for his kids' school in like Brentwood, someplace. That would be twenty seven years ago. Yeah, because he's a grandfather now. Yeah, and Tom Cruise. He had <laughs> yes. got that's mm. that's who I'm. Like I invited you to be on this benefit for my kids' school. Right. But if I'm Billy Crystal, I can get Tom Cruise to do that. Tom Cruise shows up, and we're playing basketball. We're on, I'm on the same basketball team as Tom Cruise, and we're playing against. I can't remember who was on the other team. I only remember him because he's the person who, oh when you said the thing about Heidi Klum, when you are. 10 feet away from Tom Cruise, or we even had some slight little conversational, this is what we're going to do when we get in the game, or this is some joke about something that just happened. I had that slight, but just that little interaction with him, he's so pretty or ethereal (laughs) or like he's got this glow coming. There's a force field. But I, I don't feel like... I'm a super starstruck person. Like, I have a hard time going over and talking to people who are super famous, even if I want to give them a compliment, just because I know they're busy and people are coming up to them all the time, so I don't want to do that. But this guy was like, there was some kind of ray coming right. out of him that was affecting me. 
Really? Just, I, just it was like, like the force wow. fields, right? Well, it was, you know, when you, it was similar to when you see some really beautiful person of the opposite sex. But, but you know. Right. Stunning. It was that's stunning. That's why maybe people think that Tom Cruise is gay because they're talking about the right. reaction that they <laughs> that have you had. when they look at him. Like, I'm a man and he was attractive to me. So he must be Did gay. he smell good? Um, I can't say that that's really a part of how I interact with a lot of people smelling them. So, and it's so many years ago, but I mean, I know he didn't. Is he a good bad. basketball player? He was, he's not a tall person, but uh, yeah, he was athletic. I mean, he's at he, right, the guy. Right. He's, he's yeah. He does his own stunts. He's 50 something years old and he's still killing aliens on other planets and having sex with ladies 27 years younger than him. Well, in the pretend movie world, I mean, oh, not, right. in the, not in the, I don't know who is Tom Cruise is having sex. I once sat next to Roger Ebert on an airplane. He was half of, he was half of Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. And, this and was, is he giving off a vibe of like some specialness is coming off him or does he smell like Doritos? He was on the Pritikin diet at the time because uh-huh. he had this bag that said Pritikin. And then he got up to use the restroom. And this was the time when you could call somebody on the plane. They had like phones in the what happened to those phones the phone that was in the seat yeah the phones are gone right i haven't seen one of those phones no i haven't yeah. either i think that that's the airline really did a reality check of like oh we don't if they make it legal to talk on your cell phone the first day right there's gonna be 10 guys get punched in the mouth <laughs> the, at least at they least need a cone of silence oh, over I, I was on a plane one time when they had those phones in the back of right. the seat with the credit card, and there was a lawyer behind oh me my God. who I knew he was billing it to his client, but it was just yabba, yabba, yabba. The whole, like, right. for hours on the plane, he's talking right behind my head right. to where I can't concentrate on the stupid movie. I can't read the right. stupid book because I'm forced to eavesdrop on this dumbass did you Did you turn around a lot? Like, uh, hello? I, I, you don't know because no. he was a lawyer. So then he, yeah. do that he's just going to go, what are you, what are you looking at? You know, you don't <laughs> think you can't intimidate me because I'll legally, he's going to get litigious on I'm you stipulate something and then you're going to be in trouble. Um, so Roger, Roger Ebert, Ebert, he, there's no movie on the plane, which was a bummer. Cause I was going to ask him if I should watch it. Right. But anyway, he gets up to use the restroom and I call my friend on that self on the, the credit card phone. And I was like, which one is the big one? I'm sitting next to the big one, but this is before he lost all the weight. Uh-huh. Um, no, he's not the most famous person I sat next to on a plane, but I did sit next to J Edward almost or James Edward, Olmos. James Edward almost. And I remember he told me to watch the movie. It was called How to Make an American Quilt. Uh And I thought in retrospect he told me to watch it because he wanted me to stop talking. (laughs) Yeah. But... Yeah, I love Blade Runner, and so. But oh, so was he old. in that? Yeah. Oh, okay. But, but I mean, he's been in so many great things. I sat next to Angela Lansbury. No, and this was just last year. Really? And I talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, we. Yeah, I got. I was already upgraded to business class, and then I got upgraded to first class, and I'm sitting right next to. That's Angela crazy. Lansbury. And I... we had some little tiny conversations. I want to do a show where I just sit down on the plane. This will be my podcast and I will interview the person sitting next to me, regardless of who it is. Well, I do like that. I, I have, 
several times in the past pitched, you know, when you go in and you, you right. know, what ideas do you have for a show? And, and so when it's like, we, maybe you want to have your own talk show. And I would always say, yes, I'd like to have my own talk show, but I want to talk to like a plumber right. or right. a guy who climbs up the electric pole to hook up your cable TV. Cause I want to know what he knows. I want to find out what his life is like. And they're like, yeah, nobody gives a shit about that. But I disagree. Right. I, I do disagree. Does. I think, yeah. Well, you could do it on your podcast. I could. I was just, oh, you talk about weird gigs. So I was just in um, Youngstown. Well, I was supposed to be in Austintown, Ohio, for the grand opening of this Hotel California. And uh, it's this this guy's dream hotel kind of resort. And But the hotel wasn't open, so we had to do the show at one of the other comedy club affiliated locations in town which was in the back of a bowling alley and it was like they call they had to call the people or email them two nights before to say hey the show is not there it's here a half hour away so the crowds are sort of not right big but the shows were really super fun and thank you everybody who came out in it to the funny farm in austin town youngstown uh, warren ohio wherever we were uh but the hotel was across the street from the hotel where the shows were supposed to be but it was by it's at the it's on the interstate mm. so it was right across the street from a truck stop and I, and i didn't have a rental car so the only places i could be if i if i don't like connect with the guy who owns the club or one of the other comics is within walking distance you know and there's no sidewalks right in that so you can go across the street to the dunkin donuts or you can go to the truck stop and the truck stop was busy and there the, there are these big giant trucks with the sleeper cabs and just you talking about the podcast I so wanted to go over there and yeah. just say hey I'm a comedian here's my DVD you can watch watch it in your truck but uh, will you talk can I look at your cab and will you talk to me but I didn't uh, I don't, you don't as outgoing you as I am I couldn't <laughs> I just couldn't Are you saying act. that facetiously as outgoing as I am Are you outgoing well, I'm not going in the sense that for 30-something years I've been going into bars and talking to Yeah, but I don't know if that's outgoing. Yeah, I know. Well, most people think it is outgoing. Because I think right. my mother is outgoing. She'll talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, so I'm, in that sense, maybe I'm not. And my outgoing. dentist, he's into s- strange. Yeah. He'll talk oh to God, anybody. That takes <laughs> some kind of chutzpah. <laughs> Like you got your hands in someone's mouth. How many how many stories have we heard about the dentist puts you under anesthetic and feels you up and then he's talking to you about getting some strange while he's working on your teeth? I think what happened was he g- they gave me too much nitrous, which I love. I love nitrous oxide. Mm-hmm. Um I'd never been to a dentist that would give me Really? Nitrous they used oxide. to give it to me when I was 9. Like I was into it at nine. I would be so into it when I when Billy Crystal and I used to have the same manager. My that manager was telling me you go to the dentist and you just tell him you want nitrous for your teeth cleaning, but I couldn't never. I it was like it was like you know now it's I was regulated. And I couldn't figure out like what do you say to the lady <laughs> to get her to do that. Um, <laughs> Please, lady, give me some nitrous. No, strange. Oh, I That's know. what I wanted. Strange, not nitrous. <laughs> So, okay, so my biggest celebrity sighting ever, mm-hmm. that whole thing about Roger Ebert, that was kind of a joke, although you know, that was that. kind of interesting. I get that, that was interesting. I actually had 
I was very intimidated. I didn't say anything to Roger Ebert the whole time. You were sitting time. right next to him. Yeah. And you must have been in first class. Roger's not flying coach, right? They upgraded me. Yeah. yeah this sure. is the thing about our job that sometimes... Yeah, you get upgraded. And then sometimes they fly me first class. And then it's like I... I feel like if you're in first class, that's license for whoever you're sitting next to. Like, we're equal. Now. Right. You would think... Edward James almost. if you want to be better, if you think you're better than me, then why don't you get a private jet, okay? I was at, um, I live in Studio City. I'm not yeah. giving the address. No, that's a good idea. And there's a little cafe there that we frequent. And I looked to my left and there was Ryan Gosling, mm. another pretty boy. And I was with... Was he han- is he handsome, super handsome? Yeah, but not my type. But you know, you can see why he's. See, Tom Cruise and I are about, we're close to the same age, so that was the thing when I when when you're looking at right. a handsome person who and we were quite a bit younger at the time when I saw him. But now to see Ryan Gosling, it would be a different like we. It's a weird. Right. It's a weird thing when it's someone who's younger than you. Right. Yeah, he's probably twenty five or something. Or yeah, who there. knows how old Ryan Gosling is. Um, I don't really care. <laughs> but we could Google it. Yeah, people can find out. Yeah. Um, so I was with a friend who's on the show Community, mm-hmm. the show Community, Yvette Nicole Brown. And I said, Yvette, Ryan Gosling's over there. I'm going to say something to him when he gets up. And she goes, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am, because I'm outgoing. So <laughs> <laughs> You or, didn't say that. You're saying yeah, that to me Yeah, I'm saying now. that to you. So he gets up. And she goes, I love you. And then he looks at her and says, I love you. And then she introduced me to Ryan Gosling. So it all worked out. But it was just so funny because she was like, you're not going to say anything. And then she's like. Did Ryan Gosling know who she was from her TV show? It seemed like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he said, I love you. Yeah. That's famous people. Yeah. You're famous. You're famous. It's a shorthand. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I recognize you. So, um. Yeah, that's my story. Yeah, good story. Good story. So so I've never been to Burning Man, but I did start a kitchen fire once. <laughs> Were you burning up <laughs> mementos of an ex-boyfriend that you hated? I like most of my ex-boyfriends. Are you friends with them? I am friends with most of my ex- oh, exes. Yeah. I, I sort of was kind of keeping that connection, but then I kind of realized, like, what am I doing? What am I? Why am I? Well, plus because the wife might, might not like it. Well, yeah, and and we're busy, you know. Well, you're busy too. You got you got these two uh, step boys. The one at uh, RPI Rensselaer Polytechnic. What's the other one doing? He's a musician. Mm-hmm. He's at home. He's a little older. He is a singer songwriter. Like he's a little older. Why is he thirty eight? No, he's twenty three. Okay. <laughs> but he's a little older than my other one. Uh-huh. And, um, but yeah, his path is different. He's. Mm-hmm. He's a songwriter like his grandfather. Do you know my father-in-law is a songwriter? I think you explained... Now, he wrote some famous, super famous songs. Yeah, right? my he father-in-law was, did. Yes. Um, he wrote music with his brother, the Sherman Brothers. They wrote a lot of the music for Disney. They and wrote that like, was when I... That's when we had our last, I think, get-together, because we were talking about it, doing a show together, and you were, and that movie about oh, them had just come right. out. What was that movie? It's called The Boys, The Sherman Brothers Story. It's a documentary. My yeah, husband did yeah. it. Because the story is they wrote, like, everything from Feed the Birds to Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious to... Um, 
it's a small world and yet you don't know who they are and they didn't like each other very much. They love each other and they wrote all this music and made their whole careers and livings, but they don't socialize. Well, now they don't because my father-in-law has passed away, but, um, but my husband's also a songwriter Mm. and his son, my oldest stepson is a songwriter. So it's just, it's a lot of music in our house. Are you musical? I wish I go down to New Orleans every year for 20 years for Jazz Fest because oh, I, I love it. I love music. I've got a list of songs. Do you ever like, perform there? Song. No, I haven't. I want to I want to start doing some shows down there cuz now I'm friends with musicians who I could do shows together with, but that's a train wreck to go to to, to be in New Orleans and be like, "Yeah, I'm opening for a band." So everybody comes to want to see the band. Plus everybody's hammered. They don't want to listen to a talking person. Well, but I shouldn't be. I'd love to do a show in New Orleans, but I would love to be more musical. I took guitar lessons when I was a kid, and then I bought a guitar a few years ago thinking I was going to Pick it up again? I can. I pick it up. It's right over there. Would you go on stage with it? No, I would if I could play, but I can't. Well, I know some chords, but I've never really... What I need to do is forget about learning to play the guitar and learn to play one song. I need to narrow it down to one song. What's my one song? Maybe this is the conversation I need to have with your husband and your son, your stepson. Yeah. I don't know if we have to say stepson, right? Well, they but, have a mother. Yeah, I know. but So really, I know. I raised him since, since he was eight. Mean, you think of him as your son. Yeah, but... But no, I see. Out of respect. A taxi cab son. driver in Denver told me... That don't fool myself, even if who knows what their relationship with their mother is like, even if you raise them, they're going to love her the most. And so when the apocalypse happens. They're eating you. <laughs> they are. They know I'm delicious. No, yeah. they are. They could give a shit about me. No, the truth is I we're very connected. But yes, it, I'm still their stepmom. But what I need is my song. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So you're going to ask them what your song is? I need either to suggest a song that's already out or maybe we could uh, write a song together that that, uh, encapsulates my – that's within my ability. Your signature song? Yeah. Do you play chords? I have a feeling it's going to be like a lot of talking, like a Tom T. Hall kind of a – like, I like little baby ducks, oh. old pickup trucks. See, that's yeah. good. I could, I could hear the musicality. Was, it was a little bit. That's in my. I got a. I got a list of songs in my phone. That's one of the things that I do is when I hear a song and I think, oh, that would be a good karaoke song if I could do that. And do you uh, have a ca- one karaoke? No, song? I never do karaoke because I don't feel like I'm good enough at. Uh, at singing, but I always, when I go to karaoke, I'm always like, oh, I got to get a song. And so then I keep making this list of songs. I have, I did karaoke, but I used an assumed name. I went as Libby Cooper, just in case anybody there knew me. <laughs> well, you are verified on Twitter now. So there were eight people. people. Might, yeah. Um, but by the end, everybody was singing with me and swaying their lighters. So and what was your song? It was Valentine's Weekend. And the song was I'll Be There by Michael Jackson. And oh, that's the, not an easy song. By the end, we were all singing and swaying. and mus- There were eight of us. But, um, I'll be there. Yeah, that one. Yeah. But, oh, so my father-in-law who wrote, like, everything from Jungle Book to Winnie the Pooh, his favorite kind of music is New Orleans jazz. Like, yeah. Is that Dixie or is that... Well, not Dixie, but there's, there's a piano. Yeah, his there's, is there's New a, Orleans There's jazz. a New Orleans piano sound that is... 
pretty great. And I would encourage anybody who wants to know what I'm talking about to um, Professor Longhair, Big Chief is the name of the song. And then you kind of get the sound of a little bit of it. And that's a kind of a classic lick. And, uh, and then you can take off from there. I'll have to write that down. Yeah, we I'll have know. to listen to the recording. I'll listen, listen to, to it. You can find out. Well, um, I feel like we've had this has been a good conversation. I didn't. It's, you know, sometimes it's biographical, but I feel like it's more fun to just have a conversation. Conversation, and this way you can come back on the podcast again if you wanted to. Anytime. I'm going to just stay in this room. You know, my friend Clark lived in this room when 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 I first um, met my wife and we were going to get married. My friend Clark Taylor was living in this room. He's a comic from San Francisco. He had a fam- he, yeah. he has a family. He's he blonde. Married. Yeah, he was married and he had two kids at the time. But they were in Northern California. He was coming down here trying to get writing gigs. So he he was living in this room and then he would come upstairs to the house where I lived and we would eat meals together and watch TV. And I mean he but this was this was like his his bedroom and then It's a studio. It was a little weird when my wife moved in and we lived upstairs and he was down here. Kind of then coming up like a guy would just show up like a sitcom using the bathroom and (laughs) making some eggs and stuff. It was a sitcom. It's Kramer. Yeah. It's Kramer, except he has bathroom privileges in your house. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that's for you, me and Dupree. There is a movie like that. um, Oh, yeah. With Kate Hudson. I didn't see it, but that was the premise. Well, that's going to be on my bucket list. You, me, and Dupree. <laughs> Don't it's waste terrible, your time. Terrible, right? I remember hearing about it. It's not good. <laughs> Don't watch you, you, me, and Dupree. What's What's the best movie you've seen recently? Um, Boyhood. Oh, that's the one where they film it over the course of this kid's childhood. Yeah, twelve years over it his a life. Gimmicky. Like, it was, but it was fascinating. I mean, it's like that movie Seven, Fourteen, Twenty Eight Up. Do you yeah, know that yeah, series? So it was those. a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said, what movie have you seen lately? But instead lately? of being real, it was, it's, it's made up. It's, it's made up, but the actual but the person grows ages. up. Um, but I couldn't think of a movie that I had seen recently. Well, I well, just watched okay. Tom Cruise fighting aliens you on You love the Tom Cruise. I do. And I, <laughs> I do. And he's on a sci-fi kick. And so I'm a big sci-fi fan too. But this movie where he, where he... I can't remember the Reacher young, was it? No. No, no, the no. It's it, he's oh this is this is really the podcast in a nutshell because people are going nuts. It's a sci-fi thing. It, they're in the army, they're fighting aliens and he keeps um he, he it's live die repeat is the slogan. I can't remember what it's called, but that's enough for people to find. I watch it on the plane. Live really die afraid. repeat. That's all they that's need to know to Google. It, but I know, you just but just Google live die repeat Tom Cruise. Yeah. So that's um, mine. I guess mine was a Mel Brooks movie because we bought the box set and the um, I can't think of the name of the Mel Brooks movie. That Young I Frankenstein. Watched. Young. Well, we just watched that one, but there was another one that was even funnier. But Blazing Saddles. No, I no. love that one too. But uh, I can't. Yeah, it was one of the B sides, but it was really great. Um, but I haven't seen. I don't go to the movies that often. That's why Boyhood was the last one I just yeah. went to. I watch them on my phone. Catching up on movies. As our eyesight is, oh, this goes back to singularity because I was coming to your, I was coming over here to do the podcast and I was thinking how 
when I first started doing comedy, we didn't have cell phones. Oh, tell me about it. It was terrible. And I would scribble down the directions on a little piece of paper and I would drive two hours to some tar, some like tiny place in the boondocks in New Hampshire. And I'd be like, am I late? Do I know where I'm going? This is a true story. So I think I'm late. I think I'm lost. I'm driving by myself. I used to go with another comedian usually, but... Right. You would get a ride up with the other guys in the show. Right. Or or I would drive them, but just having somebody else in the car, mm-hmm. I literally thought I was lost. I go, what am I going to do? I realize on the bottom of my shoe is a map of New Hampshire because they have... They were made in New Hampshire and that was this... Shoe, I know it's. You had a shoe with the map of New Hampshire on the. It bottom. was Zodiac shoes, uh-huh. and I literally pulled over, and I'm like, "Okay, I didn't." And I looked at the bottom of my shoe. I was like, "I did not. I did not pass my exit." So anyway, you made it. I made it. the bottom of your shoe. That's our manager calling me. Right oh. Now. I think she assumes that this was enough time for the podcast. <laughs> she was wrong because she. I was talking. To we her love our manager. Yes, she is terrific, Cindy. Um, Cindy at Artwork Entertainment. People can email her if they're dissatisfied with this podcast. <laughs> at Artwork Ent. Ent, yes. Dot com. So would you like to go have lunch now? That would be lovely. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank uh, high you. five. Well, hello, and welcome back to the end of the show. Thank you for uh, listening. That was Wendy Liebman. I, I just thought, you know, you might like to know where she is going to be. She's, uh, you can check her out at wendyliebman.com. It's Wendy, W-E-N-D-Y-L-I-E-B-M-A-N.com. This weekend, she's going to be in Austin, Texas at Cap Cities. If you live in Austin, you should go see that. And she's going to be in Denver October 9th. Uh, guys and Girls Night Out. I don't even know what that is, but Girls Night Out at the Strand Theater. She's going to do that at Plattsburgh, New York on the 14th of October. She's coming to uh, Tempe, Arizona. She's coming to Buffalo, New York. She's going to be in uh, Montreal at the Comedy Nest in November. She's going to Palm Springs, Orlando, Florida, Levittown, New York. She's going to a lot of places, and she's a nice lady, and you should go watch her do her live show. So check her out at wendyliebman.com. Thank you for checking me out here and her out here. Thank you. Thank Hello. I hope you had a good workout. I know today's episode was a little longer than last week's episode, so there's you got that going for you now. How about that? That was a little extra car. Don't forget to have a couple of uh, extra little pr- pr- uh, servings of protein today to make up for the fact that you listened to a little bit of extra podcasting. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I cannot wait to see you somewhere and uh, enjoy your company. That's what it's all about. We're all in this together. Do not forget that. And also, stay hydrated. Do not let yourself get dried out. A lot of people think just because it's starting to cool off the weather-wise that you that you don't have to worry about drinking water, but you do. So don't forget to stay hydrated. And, and button your coat, would you? All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk into the machine, please. I'm talking. I can't hear you unless you talk into the machine.
heard that. <laughs>